In, in lightning. Inspirational. Inspirational. Powerfully refining. Powerfully refining. And unapologetically controversial. Conversations with, with the Royal Impress. The entire world knows the secret of who you are. Now is the time to step into your queendom and become the Royal Empress that you're meant to be. One woman at a time. Conversations with the Royal Empress. Now Akima, she's the analytical Empress. Akima, she's the Empress that will challenge you. And Lakeshe Nadira, she's the Empress who tells it like it is. Now, straighten up your crown and be elevated through conversation. Conversation with the Royal Empress. Good evening, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Conversations with the Royal Empress. This is Lucky Shea Nigera, and joining me are my two beautiful co-hosts, Akila. Hi. And Dr. Hakima Jahan. Greetings, my dear sisters. So in this conversation, we are going to be discussing, what are we going to be discussing tonight, Hakima? I think I need a drink. Why the need for alcohol to be served at every function that we attend? I, blame I, it on the... Blame uh, it on uh, alcohol? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jamie Fox. <laughs> yeah, I want to put that question out there because I just observed being at different events or even before the even the event the invitation is put out the comment with people is what y'all gonna be drinking it's like people don't want to know they don't want to come until a confirmation is made that it's either bring your own alcohol or alcohol will be served and then all of a sudden you get confirmation or reservation that people will will attend so i want to put this question out on the floor why is it that us as black people feel like we can't have a good time without having alcohol present and being involved in, in drinking alcohol. Like we can't have fun without having a drink in our hand. Why is that? Hmm. That's a heck of a question. I got some theories. <laughs> Let us know. What I, what you thinking, Akila? No, seriously. <laughs> I really think that some people don't know how to socialize without having some type of intoxicant to make them feel relaxed and have the ability to actually socialize with other people, um, which is kind of sad if you ask me. Or I've heard people say, oh, have a drink, get loose. But why do I need to be loose? You know, some people have a natural high and some people just don't have it. And so they can't put their game face on without I guess, loosening some of their inhibitions. Maybe that's um, what it is. But I just noticed that some people, they just enjoy that feeling or it's, but it's, it's, it's almost like you need this medication before you can go out and, and be yourself. But if you're intoxicated, I question if you really are yourself, but that, that opens up a, a whole other series of questions but it's like why why do you have why do you lack the ability to be yourself or to even just you know be in a social environment when you if you haven't had a drink why do you, why do why is there a need for that hmm. i don't know i'll give you all an example i was at a um at a cookout one day and this um guy asked me he said um he said you don't want anything to drink I said no I don't drink and he started laughing he said man he said I really admire 
you. He said that you can be around all of these people with all this people drinking and it doesn't even influence you. It's like you have a natural high. I said, I absolutely do. I don't need to, to do that. But you hear about people taking a drink. Oh, I need to calm my nerves. So they drink alcohol. You know, <laughs> yeah. I need to. I mean, seriously, you look at people. I mean, years ago when I used to work as a flight attendant, do you know how many people that, that said, okay, I'm nervous. Give me a drink. Um, you know, somebody getting ready to perform and they have jitters before they go on stage. Give me a drink. Give me something to calm me down. So that sounds like medication to me. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what happens. We, as we've discussed before, we use um, alcohol as a way to self-medicate. We use it as a way maybe to get rid of um, the feeling or whatever it is that we don't want to feel um, to make us feel better or to allow us the opportunity to escape. I do hear people talking about drinking so that they can relax, you know, if they came in from a hard day's work, being able to, you know, sit back and just kind of settle in and, you know, drink something so that they can sleep good. Or So I, I've heard different reasons why people drink, and I know that there are different reasons. Um, now, what will we say for people who they've seen alcohol just as a part of their everyday life, you know, growing up, like their parents drank? So it just became, you know, um, a culture, you know, within the household. Is that different? I think it's conditioning. So I don't necessarily think that it's different um, because the, the effects are still the same. You know, you're growing up. And so you've been taught that this is, this is how you have a good time. I think most of the alcohol use that we have is based on seeing it growing up where it's been normalized. You know, I think most people who grow up in an environment where there is no alcohol in the environment, what are the odds that they actually end up drinking anyway? Um, I mean, it, it, you know, it just depends because I've seen people who have grown up around a bunch of drinking and they don't drink at all for that same reason because they grew up with alcoholic parents. So I think it just varies, but it can be conditioning where it's made to seem like it's just a part of what you do is just what we do. Addiction is also the result of drinking. And I think sometimes people think that they're not addicted. Oh, well, I just have a glass of wine every night. You can't go to sleep without a glass of wine. That means you got an addiction. But I'm not a, a expert that can, that can actually diagnose somebody with an addiction. So let me put that out there. But if you can't go without something, then to me, that indicates that there's some kind of problem. You know, I've hmm. had people, I've had people tell me, and it's funny because I've gone to events and people say, oh, you're not going to drink. And one thing I've noticed is the men more concerned with whether or not I'm drinking. Oh, you should loosen up. I said, why? So you can figure out a way how to get in my pants. I said, it ain't happening. You, you can't get in my pants sober. And I'm always, I stay sober, so I don't, I don't drink. I said, so you thinking if I get her drunk, I can get in her pants, it ain't happening because I'm not going to drink. My mother taught me when I was a young girl, she said, the one thing you don't do is go drinking with me. Because mm -hmm. what's going to end up is they going to get drunk when, and whether you drunk or not, whatever they got on the menu. And if you own the menu, you're going to be, you're going to be on your back if that's what they want. So I was taught to be mindful that you don't go drinking with men anyway, especially going, women going out with a group of guys, whether you know them or not. Men become, people become different when they drink, not just men, but the same guy that you cool with when he's drunk, now that, that guard down, that sense of what's right or wrong has just been pushed to the side and it's all about his emotions and what he wanted at that time. Mm -hmm. But I've been in environments where the, the men were more concerned with making sure that women had all what they had to drink. You cheap as hell, but you sure ain't got no problem providing me with whatever I want to drink and how often I want to drink. So mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes people's motive for drinking is to get you in a situation, a vulnerable situation. 
I've had people often also tell me that, oh, I, I, I drink only because, you know, I really don't drink, but, you know, everybody else drinking. So I've had people show me I'm on the same drink, just the same drink I've been on all night. They really ain't drunk anything. And that sounds like peer what I'm pressure. Saying? Peer pressure. So maybe that is, I mean, that could be a good um, part of it why people may find themselves in situations like that. I mean, we all have been young adults at some point in our life. I know for me, when I think back, when I was like an age where I was coming out of my teenage years, you know, into like um, my adult years or the early adult years, you know, I had friends who definitely drank. And I myself, at that time, I really wasn't interested. I think I always had like a fear. I don't like to know that something is taking place and I'm unaware. I like to be aware of my surroundings, aware of everything that's taking place. I didn't like, you know, going out with friends and then me having to tell them what they did. And they're like, really? I did this? I did that? And I'm like, wow, you didn't remember? You didn't know? And so that's something that's always made me uncomfortable. But when I think about it, it was, it was a, still a lot of peer pressure because the other people who may have hung out with us, the only reason they probably drank was because, you know, someone else in the group drank. For me, I was just, I just had a little bit more fear of not knowing. I guess I'm just too nosy not to know what happened and I need to know. I don't want no one telling me the next day that I, you know, did anything outrageous and I can't remember. That's like the worst for me. So peer pressure, I'm sure, um, does play a major uh, factor. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, I just wonder sometimes, like, why, why do we feel that need, though, to escape? Like, what's going on that you need an escape? You know, people that come home, just like the, the regular drinkers that drink every day. Why do you need, why do you need a buzz? You know, and I mean, and that's the thing that I, that, that I often think about, um, you know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, back in the day <laughs> when I was much younger, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we, we may have tasted something here and there, but just the idea of, it was certain things that I never liked. And that was like public intoxication. But a lot of times I think people did it because they thought it was fun. You know, people got a kick out of telling people how they acted the next day. And, and it was all fun and games. And especially when you're talking about on college campuses, you know, they have drinking games, people taking shots, people, you know, the kegs and chugging beer and all of these things. And it's, it's you know, it's like it's done in fun but with no understanding of the repercussions that come behind that type of usage. You know, we have people that end up getting raped as a result of intoxication, you know, particularly with women being taken advantage of, but that doesn't mean that a man can't be taken advantage of, you know, due to um, intoxication, not knowing the people that are around you you know, you get drunk with people. Are they really your friends? You know, who's going to, who really has your back? And so it's just like, I think it's a, a responsibility thing where you really need to be careful, particularly as far as getting intoxicated. You know, people, like, oftentimes people will get you drunk just so they can see how stupid you act, mm -hmm. how, how much of a fool you act. I've just, just from being around a lot of coworkers, and they share the experiences. It's like a, the next day, everybody want to come back to work and, oh, you know, you see so-and-so, they did this, and everybody's laughing. And then when they come in the room, it's this big, let's make fun of this person like we in high school. And I'm telling myself, there's some straight devilish type behavior here. Like, why do I take entertainment and you acting a fool because of something that I've given you that I know from experience causes people to act a certain type of way basically act other than themselves and something that they will regret 
and we laugh, and the people in the room, you know, as people in the room laugh about that, we're laughing. Ah, why do we? I don't understand the 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 devious thinking in that. Why do you? Or maybe it's just psychopathic thinking. Like, why do you take pride in torturing someone in that manner? Why do you want to see someone make a fool of themselves? But that's what a drinking party becomes. Um, one of the things that I remember being told just 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 to your point was not to drink with coworkers not to go out drinking because first of all when you work with people it's like i don't you don't typically go to work to try to make friends you there to make a living and so a lot of people like to bring coworkers out get them drunk to get information to you know some people sabotage their whole careers because they're out drinking with their bosses and they're out drink, you know, drinking with all of these people. And I recall some years ago, I went out to this, uh, it was a bar or whatever it was, a restaurant bar or something with coworkers. And they were all drinking and having a good time. And they kept asking me, you, you're not going to drink? Nope. Because I'm like, I do not drink like that. I would never drink with my coworkers. You would not get ready to get in my business like that. You don't need to know me like that. Hmm. But we don't even realize that we even sabotage our careers like that. There's so many things that we have to think about around this. I mean, and it's not just people trying to get information from you, which, which is another issue. You're just so quick to take a drink from somebody. So, uh, my mother used to tell me too, this had nothing to do with just alcohol. But if you go somewhere, if you put your drink down, don't drink it. You walk away because people spike drinks all the time. And how many times do we hear about people out having alcohol and somebody drops an ecstasy pill in their drink and they got you doing all kinds of, you know, you know what. So, or any other kind of drug, date rate drugs, all of these, you know, it's just, so it's like, why are we so fascinated with alcohol when we know these are all of the things that happen as a result sometimes of drinking. You drink to the point of passing out. How is that good? You get into the physicality of it, what how it causes harm to the body. And you're right, we just touched in the beginning on social aspect of drinking, but what it does to our bodies and what it mm -hmm. does to our relationships. I, I my 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 biological father had it had his drinking issues. And so just things that my mother, the way she raised me was his behavior influenced that. He became violent. And so my mother let me get drunk one time just to see how I would act. Because she said, I needed you to see what was in you. Because if you see it before you go out in the street, you may make mm. a better decision and not do it. And so I got drunk. She let me get drunk with my cousins. And we were, hey, pa, hey, we having fun. Everybody having a good time. At the, by the end of that night, I was violent, crying and acting a fool. And she mm -hmm. said, I needed you to see that because that's in your DNA. How you respond, to, how the alcohol affects you, it's in your DNA. But the best is just to leave it alone. And that was the greatest lesson I could have learned. I, didn't, I ain't fooled with that after that. You know, I might have dabbled in it, but it went, I would go back to that night and say, that's just not for me. And not understanding why someone would, would be okay with waking up in the morning with a hangover. Right. With a headache out of this world or throwing up, you, your face is in the toilet. Mm -hmm. Why do you continue <laughs> to put yourself through that? I don't understand why you would continue to put yourself through that or you show up at work and your performance sucks because you, you got a hangover from, from being drunk the night before. Yeah. The yeah. adverse effects that it has on you, it's, it's incredible, but they, it's like, but they do it all over again. So it just makes you question why do why what is what is it so it, then it says to me that if getting drunk and then having the physical reactions behind getting drunk you know has that type of effect on you why do you repeat the cycle you know why do you every weekend want to go through headaches and upset stomachs and all of all of this why and so we, you know, we just have to then go and look at, again, you know, why is there a dependency? It sounds like there's a dependency 
and escapism. Because how else do we explain the, you know, knowing fully well what the adverse effects are, but yet you continue to do it? Yeah. And I think when I, for me, I mean, because there have been times, even though growing up um, or in, you know, my years of early adulthood, I was not interested in drinking, but I did have friends who drank. And most of the time, I usually was the designated driver. And again, when I would watch how my friends responded, and I would have to be the one to tell them, you know, what they did. And we would all be laughing. I'm like, oh, yeah, you did this. You know, you was acting like you could fly, whatever the case might be. It, it you know, made me to be more cognizant and aware that that was not something I wanted to partake in. But there were times where I did, you know, whether it was peer pressure, what, whatever, and even in adulthood. Um, and at that time, it was just like, oh, you know, let me just see. But I never liked the way I responded. I never, I would not like that person, like how you spoke about Dr. Hakima. I mean, I would cry, I would laugh, and I would cry. Those were two things I did more than anything. I would crack up crying, laughing. Just, and it would just be horrible. It was just like a hot mess. And I'm like, you know, who wants to do that? But then, you know, some people will say, well, I don't get myself to that point. I drink, but I don't get drunk. There's a difference. And I've heard people say that in conversation that, you know, when they talk about consuming alcohol, they consume enough to where they are not intoxicated and where they still have control, you know, over their physical selves. So would you say that, and, and so many may say that's drinking responsibly. It's social drinking and it's drinking responsibly. So, what's so the is there of? a difference? But I'm saying, but what's the point? What's the point of drinking an alcoholic beverage? Well, I guess it would be like what some people might say is the point of having a cup of coffee. People have coffee to wake them up. People have coffee to, you know, get their day started. <laughs> people have coffee to, um, I don't know, keep them feeling a certain way or. Which I think and caffeine it, is also a, 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 I mean, you get addicted to caffeine too. Well, it definitely is, is an addiction. You know, people have chocolate mm -hmm. to do the same thing. I mean, there are many things that people do where there are, you know, um, things that are um, ingredients that are found um, in the substance and it makes them, it alters, you know, um, who they are in some kind of way so what what is the what's the difference is one is alcohol and i'm you know just just asking for a friend no <laughs> not really but you know the, these are the questions i think that maybe yeah. if we had other people on the show they might say what what's the difference well I you don't got think... your coffee i got my alcohol now what yeah but caffeine doesn't do to you the caffeine doesn't change you as a person just because you get perky, i.e. I, I'm just not sleepy, is not the same thing as me acting completely other than myself. So caffeine... Have you seen caffeine. how people act when they don't get their caffeine in the morning? Well, I mean, somebody could be cranky. Yeah, maybe they need to go to bed at night and get, get more rest. But, uh, you know, I'm just saying, it's, it's, it's certainly, I don't think, I think it's like comparing, you know, apples and rocks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not apples and oranges, not apples no, and rocks. No, <laughs> apples and rocks, completely. <laughs> I, I, I seriously think that. I mean, I think that, yes, we can be addicted to different things, and so people can argue that addiction is addiction. But we're also not talking about everybody that's drinking alcohol, alcohol as an addiction either. So, yeah, we can overindulge in many things that may, in the long run, have some long-term health effect on us. But we're talking about something that, you know, the overindulgence in alcohol can lead to cirrhosis of the liver. You know, I mean, it could lead to, to major health issues and organs breaking down. You know, it can, it can, uh, I can't think of the term that I'm looking for, but I mean, people who have cancer of the, of the larynx, you know, that's mm -hmm. usually a combination of smoking as well as alcohol that, you know, that irritates it. So, it's, yeah, it's definitely a fact that um, drinking alcohol can lead to a lot of different things. I mean, yeah. even when you think on the fact that, you know, our um, 
circadian rhythm, it changes because alcohol lowers the body's, you know, circadian rhythm, which, you know, leaves us um, susceptible uh, to a whole lot of things. Even our vibration gets lower. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we become, as we already discussed, we become irrational. We become more violent. We become more everything. We become more sexual, you know, less logical. Um, and so all of this is associated with um, alcohol consumption. And then it also weakens our connection that we have with our higher self. Because we don't have the rationale that we would have if we weren't intoxicated, now it's difficult you know, for us to rise up and operate from a higher level of being. This is why they, you know, refer to alcohol as spirits, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, because in many cases, you know, we take on another spirit. It's a, it, it's a point, it's a poison, you know, it is a, it is a poison. So if you look about, if you look at it, like, you know, you're putting something that's in your body that does not necessarily belong. So yes, there are a lot of physical, spiritual, as well as mental challenges that do come from um, consumption. Yeah. And again, I mean, at the end of the day, to each his own, you know, if they, if somebody feels the need to drink, but I just, one of the things that I think as somebody who, who doesn't drink is that idea that because you don't drink, that something's wrong also. So you have a lot of people who drink right. and then they're looking at you like you're crazy because I've been asked, well, do you drink? No, like nothing at all. <laughs> and so, you know, but if I reverse the question to someone and said, so do you drink? And they say, yes. Oh my God, all of that. I mean, you know, so we can, we can, we can both play that, uh, that game as far as that, but it's like, but it's, it's also insulting to people who don't drink for you to feel like something's wrong with them because they don't drink. Like, like that rationale is so crazy to me. Like you can't even conceive or, or of the idea that somebody doesn't want to be intoxicated. So why is that? You know, I mean, I guess my whole thing is like really just for, you know, to question your motives, like what makes you want to drink? And yeah, you can say, oh, if I feel good. I feel happy. I feel this. But why do you need that to make you feel that way? And I think that, yeah, that for me, that's important too. You know, um, I would prefer to be able to be in a state of being high just on what I have naturally. Mm -hmm. And is it possible? Absolutely. Because I'm high most of the time. Mm -hmm. And I don't. Huh? No, I was going to say, when they say don't get high off your own supply, but in this situation, yes, get high. Right. Off your yeah, own I want to get off my own <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. Um, I think at least that puts me at a place where I feel like I'm in control. I, that, that's probably my biggest thing. It's just being able to remain in control of myself. And I feel like when I add something, I'm already extra. I'm saucy enough, you know. <laughs> you know, I don't need anything additional. To, <laughs> you don't need with no me cherry. About, uh -uh, I don't need no cherry on top. I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> and then I will be super extra. And y'all be like, come and get her. And I like being in control, like a little too much, at least of myself. That's, I think that's just so important for me. I, I don't, yeah. And then I think about how special I am. And this is not to say that people drinking are not special. This is just me talking about me. I love myself so much that I don't want to put anything in my body, you know, continuously that is going to disrupt the natural function of who and what I'm made of and who I am and how I respond. When I think about my liver, when I think about my lungs, when I think about my heart, when I think about all of my organs and just my kidneys and everything and just how they work together for the greater good of me, 
me adding something in the mix that's going to shake that up and that's going to disrupt it. The thought of that, you know, bothers me. I don't even like to put lotion on my skin and soap on my body that has toxins in it. I mean, I read labels like seriously. <laughs> I am a stickler for that. So if I'm not going to take soap and use it because it has chemicals or deodorant and use it because it has aluminum or whatever it has in it or use toothpaste that has fluoride, you know, then surely I don't want to consume a beverage that is going through my entire bloodstream and ill-affecting this beautiful temple because I only have one. So I have to take care of it. So that alone is enough to keep me, you know, from it. And again, some, sometimes we do things in ex, ex, excess so we can be extreme with it. And I guess there, you know, I, because I have friends, you know, who drink and, um, and who may, they may say, but that's not me. I'm not drinking so I can get drunk or anything like that. I'm just having a drink every once in a while. I'm having something, you know, it's not that big of a deal. And maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's not. But for me, that's my reason behind what I do. Maybe well, it's I not in moderation. This would not be a topic if, if it wasn't for the people who were drinking to get drunk. Let's face it. It wouldn't be an issue if people would take one drink and just go home. It, it wouldn't be. I remember when I was a, a little girl and my grandfather had invited some friends over. And when he invited some friends over, it was like they he poured something for them. He poured something for himself. And I just remember while I was playing or doing whatever, he telling them, uh, did you just gulp down my drink? <laughs> and the guy was like, man, pour me another something to the extent. And he was like, man, you don't drink to get drunk. He said, that's my drink. You sip it. And this was coming from a man who made his own wine. And I remember him saying, you don't, you sip alcohol. You don't drink it to get drunk. This is an adult drink. This is something you do to enjoy, enjoy the moment, to savor the moment. He told that person, you can get out. <laughs> he oh, said, you wow. didn't even come with nothing. So I was just, that stuck, in, that stuck in my mind because this conversation ain't for the alcohol connoisseur, the people that drink every now and then, the person that have a, a glass and they walk away. That's not what this conversation is geared to. This conversation is geared to those people who drink because of peer pressure. I just want to drink because my boys drink. I just want to drink because my girls drink. I just want to drink because I don't want to. I don't want to be seen as the only person in this room that's not drinking. That's what this conversation is more geared to. Because the issue of alcoholism would be a problem if everyone would just take that one little sip. Take your and drink go and, home. Mm -hmm. and go home. We would need designated drivers as everybody just drink because they just like, I just like to drink a little bit. People don't like to drink a little bit. They drink to get drunk. That's the whole point of why they drink. They're not drinking because they like it. I've heard people say, I don't even like it, but I like how it makes me feel. So basically, you're drinking to get drunk. That's what you're saying. Well, now, fruity drinks might taste good to people. <laughs> um, well, what, what, but, but ask yourself, what are they doing? They mixing drinks? They're doing all kinds of things to, cam to camouflage to the taste so that it, or so they could deal with the taste. If very few people drinking something straight, because it's burning when it's going down. So I mean, I'm not a drinker, but I have drunk, so I know. Right, right. I know the effects of well, you drinking to get drunk so you can get this buzz. That's what people say. I drink this because this gives me a buzz. It's not because they like how it tastes. It's not because, oh, I'm at a social event and this is, uh, they have free champagne on the table, and I took a couple of uh, small, um, you know, flutes of champagne. They do this because they had this man say, I want to turn up. They want to party. They want to forget about their problems. They want to escape reality. So I guess the question is, what reality are people trying to escape? It can't be the reality that you're the original black woman, black man and woman. Why would you want to escape that? That's a wonderful reality. I wouldn't want to escape that. But mm -hmm. people are trying to escape these realities of problems that they don't want to face or don't have the ability to face alone. Alcohol is, when you get off your high, those problems still going to be there. So drinking alcohol is only going to let you forget about the pain for a minute. 
but the pain always comes back. Yeah. And and then again, why why do we if there's no alcohol at the event, why do people not want to attend? Like why do you have to why why does it have to be there? Oh, it's a dry event. Oh no, nah, man, I can't come. I need some yeah. alcohol. I mean, no, that's true that's indeed, really true indeed. I've had people to um choose to look for another place um as a rental, you know, for the center. Um, that me and my husband operate because of the fact that, you know, we did not allow alcohol. Like, oh, never mind. And I get it because think about it. People who put on social events most of the time, they're typically going to be centered around outside of the event itself, but it's going to be centered around food and, you know, the fun of what comes with, what people believe comes with alcohol. So if you're telling me that this is like a staple, you know, I guess it's like people who um, have to have French fries with a burger or <laughs> hot sauce, you know, as a condiment, you know, with a particular meal. Alcohol, it is one of those things that is a, a package deal. You either take us both or you leave us. You know, we can't do this. Restaurants who don't serve alcohol. Are they more, um, do they get more traffic when they have alcohol or do they get less traffic? You know, especially if they're open after hours. If a place is open after hours and, you know, there's no alcohol served, I'm sure there are many are like, well, why would we go there? Would people go to a club if the club didn't have alcohol? These are things that, again, we've gotten so used to within our cultural so-called norm that to not have it would mean that something is definitely wrong and it poses a, a problem. You know, you yeah. mentioned something about talking about, I guess, society. Think about the, the, the media or the companies and how they promote alcohol. It's always, hmm. think about it when, when you're watching sports or when you're watching something on television. It's always fun. Hey, everything is good. It's gravy. We're having so much fun. It's the perception that alcohol brings fun. But mm -hmm. generally, when you see a commercial, it's always a man surrounded by three, four women. So guys think, oh, to drink is to attract women. Then in many of the ads, you see the woman and guys coming to buy her a drink. So she drinking so this dude can spend money on it. I mean, it's just all of these these message subliminal messages that is put in there oh you can get women if you drink mm -hmm. you can attract men to your table where you sit and if you drink so these are subliminal messages that are going in our heads so you have to ask yourself why are these messages being put out there why do these companies feel the need to promote alcohol to the masses like that and what are what are their motives particularly in our communities we have so many billboards that are geared towards alcohol use. People, we have events that are promoted by uh, alcohol brands. You know, we have entertainers that promote alcohol in their songs and, you know, so it's, it's definitely something that's being, being driven home for, for the black community that this is what you need. And it does, it provides us escapism. I mean, we can go here and go with, you know, the amount of, racism and white supremacy i mean all of these factors it's coping it's you know it's like and so you keep giving us this idea this is how you cope this is how you cope and they've been coping like this for years it's not like it just started you know when when somebody is down it's like they go in the dumps and they're drinking the alcohol but again those are extreme situations that, that we're talking about as far as that's concerned, but we do have to question why is intoxicants promoted in the black community the way they are. And and people spend big money. That's the thing. These billboards and these ads, these commercials, this is big money that's being put here to promote these things. Oh yeah. And, and that's and even even people who wouldn't necessarily drink, 
you know, or want that at their events. Like, you, you know, let's, let's go say, uh, say a not-for-profit organization that right. is trying to do work in the community or whatever, and you, you're looking for sponsorships. These alcohol companies will come and, and give you a whole lot of money. They'll give you tons. They'll give you yeah, tons. They'll pass out their product. Yeah, right. and then you and take then it. But your, but your goal is to, is to uplift your community, to resurrect mm-hmm. your community, but yet you have advertising that suggests that we want to keep you in a state mm-hmm. of sleep. Dumb, deaf, and, and blind. Yeah. <laughs> That's why even, you know, I mean, look at our organization. Our organization, which is the Royal Empress. And we know when we put on events, we wouldn't dare take a dime, a nickel, or a quarter, or a penny from anyone who is going to promote something that we go against. But that's because of what we represent. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some who may feel like, hey, we need this. We need this money. These children need these clothes or whatever their cause might be. But you have to ask yourself the question, you know, what are you standing for? And if you're standing for truth, if you're standing for your people, and you know that these very things is what brings your people down to a level that's unacceptable or a level that keeps them in a condition that we're attempting to raise them from, then it completely goes against, you know, what you are working towards. It's a contradiction. An absolute contradiction. It's a contradiction. But you I would love to challenge people that in, in your efforts to bring awareness, to, to, to uplift our people, you know, have events and, and stop having alcoholic events. Or see it's, if you challenge yourself, like you said, can you do it? Yeah. Maybe that's our next challenge. You know how they did greens, beans, tomatoes, you know, right. all these challenges <laughs> that go on. Maybe we can challenge. Yeah, no drinking challenge. How would that work for you? Can you still listen? Can you still like yourself? Will you still like the man or the woman in the mirror if you didn't take a drink? Mm-hmm. Some people can't stand themselves, so they have to drown themselves. But as the song goes, you can't hide from yourself, no matter where okay. you go. Then, no, that's uh, a house track. That's a house track right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Teddy Pentagrass cut. <laughs> I think I think what we have to an, another challenge that we need to throw out to people is, you know, are you willing to resist to save self? Is it about your love for self or is it about how other people view you? As a people, we're too well, our, our value is measured in how other people see us and we need to get away from that. Mm-hmm. What is it? Why does it matter if your friend's drinking and you're not drinking? Let's just say that one night you don't want to drink. It's okay. You don't have to. Try, try, try to, try to do every other event. Can you? Can I challenge people to start out with? Oh, you know what? I drunk at this event. The next event, I'm not going to have a drink. We don't, just because alcohol is there does not mean everybody has to partake in it. It does not mean that every every event you have to partake in it as well. It can be there as, a, as an option. It doesn't, it doesn't have to necessarily be the first option. We need to stop basing our view of ourselves, how other people view us and what they think of us. Who cares if they don't like the fact that you're not drinking? Sometimes you're not drinking at an event makes somebody feel guilty. Dang, I shouldn't be drinking anyway. So you're a mm-hmm. thorn in their side when you're not drinking. Yeah, sometimes, you're a sometimes you know, we need to be that thorn in, in someone's side. So I challenge you. Be that thorn inside of those who are with you. Challenge yourself to say, to prove to yourself that you're not an alcoholic. Say, you know what? I'm not drinking at this event. Prove it to yourself that you're not, that you're not dependent on alcohol. To have a good time or to yeah. function in life in general. I just wanted to quickly um, throw something out there because like I say, you were mentioning the effects that alcohol has on you and what you didn't like about it and you know, we talked about the vibration, you know, level and all of those things. But there's another thing that we have to talk about. And a lot of people are really talking about these things now because it's not just 
in the foods we eat, different things that have been, um, you know, genetically modified and all of these and how it affects the endocrine system. And alcohol actually alters the critical hormonal balance in the endocrine system. Mm-hmm. So as we're thinking about all of those things, those are factors too. So we're talking about just freeing our minds, but just being healthier people. I was reading, there's an article by two doctors and it's called the endocrine system alcohol alters critical hormonal balance and it basically says that the effects on the hormonal system have widespread consequences for virtually the entire body yeah and and alcohol related hormonal disturbances can result in cardiovascular abnormalities reproductive deficits in both the male and the female uh, excess alcohol consumption includes immune dysfunction and bone disease. And then they're also exploring the ways that using, you know, the hormonal mechanisms to, to help to treat alcoholics. So it's not just, you know, when people casually say, oh, it's just a drink. Oh, I'm just drinking. But you have this whole system in your body and the way that it works. And to think that somehow it has no effect on you is just, it's just, a, it's like an illusion. The same way that certain foods have a negative effect on us. Many things that we do. And so really, I think many of us just, it's like a game of chance. We just roll the dice. Well, I've heard people say, well, something has to kill you. And I know it doesn't. It doesn't. So that mentality, I think, also lends itself to why people do some of the things that they do, including excessive drinking or even just drinking you know, socially and casually, it's still a risk. Um, and some things that you do when you're drunk is just irreparable. You can't repair. So now you destroy relationships all because of your dependency on something on alcohol. Mm-hmm. Can off, can often repair that. And so many marriages have been damaged. So many relationships with siblings and or or children have been mm-hmm. destroyed. I know people say I don't talk to my one of their parents because of that. Or they have parents on restraining, have parents or family members on restraining orders. They can't even come near them because of the situation that happened while someone was under the influence. Yeah. So with that that heightened emotions and losing control of our emotions can be very, very damaging. So we looked at how it how alcohol affects our body, then affects our behavior. It's just Toxic mm-hmm. on all levels. Toxic on the physical, emotional, and spiritual level. You know, when did we get this way? So what's our solutions? What? I mean, I don't know that there is a solution, to be honest with you, as it pertains to um, in, in this, this thing. I think it's more of us challenging people to really kind of look inside of themselves and evaluate why they do what they do. And right. maybe even take a alcohol fast to see how it affects you. You know, can you do it? Can you go without it? If you can't, if you crave it, why are you craving it? You know, and really go without it. Does that mean that maybe there's something deeper going on? Are you really, cause you know, we often will quickly say that we're not addicted to something. Oh, I, I can, you know, I'll be okay. But then if you can't go without it for a day or two, then you may really need to, you know, look deeper into that because perhaps you may be addicted. Well, I guess that, that, well, that leads to a solution. If you have a dependency on it, you need to get some professional help. Trying to, by denying it or saying, I don't have a problem, and you know you have a problem, you need to seek professional help. That is definitely one solution because there are people who are listening to this podcast saying, this is me. I can't do anything without a drink. I need help. You need to seek professional help. There are plenty of uh, organizations that assist those who have alcohol addiction. Um, you have your family, your, they give you emotional support, especially when you get out of hand at a, at a, at a household event. Your family's telling you you out of control. You need to, you need to tap into the um, emotional support of your family. It's definitely one solution. Start listening. Start asking them how you act when you're drinking. How are you different? How does your behavior affect them when you're drinking? Right. Get more, and in, get more insight. You said what? I said you're right. And, that, and then ask yourself, do you like that person? Meaning, do I like who I become? 
Do I like the person that I become when I am intoxicated? Do I even want to be around that person? Well, the other question you know. is, too, do I like the person I am when I'm not? Yes, that is the deeper question, because typically that's what we're doing. We're running, we running away, but you're taking yourself with you every day. So, yeah, that is a question or a couple of questions, um, you know, that we can ask. And again, this conversation and any conversation that we have is all out of love. Most of our conversations stem from something that we've heard, we, something that we witnessed, something that we've seen, other conversations that we've had, and then we want to, you know, discuss it so that we can come up with solutions, so that we can talk it out. And in no way are we making judgment on anyone about anything. You know, we all have our differences of opinion. You know, those of us who are represented on this show, we don't always agree with everything, but you know, just kind of going to some discovery and evaluating and looking deeper, you know, into the issues um, that plague our community and alcoholism and, you know, drinking um, happens to be one of those things that we've taken notice to. So I just wanted to, to say that uh, to our listeners. I just um, want to add, I just want to add too that you mentioned that, uh, Based on what you mentioned, I just want to add that we podcast also based on our own personal experiences. We have family members that are that have addictions to alcohol and have suffered from that. So we're not, like you said, not passing judgment. We've experienced and lived it and have suffered from it, whether it's by our hand or anyone else's. At some point, I did. At some point, when I did drink, I'm sure I affected someone. Um, mm -hmm. But there are family members that I have witnessed have destroyed their lives. Some to the point that divorces. Some to the point of, oh my God, I'm I'm the doctor telling me I need to stop drinking. Or I'm gonna die. So definitely from coming from this this conversation is also coming from a place of experience as well. Well, we thank you for joining us once again on another conversation with the royal empress we invite you to join us next week same time same place thanks for listening to another episode of conversations with the royal empress tune in next week for another enlightening conversation for more information on the Royal Empress, please visit the website royalempress.org. You can also follow the Royal Empress on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Conversations with the Royal Empress is a subsidiary of the Royal Empress Organization. All rights reserved.